First Peter, we're going to at least finish the chapter one today, and I, I pray that I'm, uh, I almost saw that I'd left my notes at home now. <laughs> that would have been a, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see from verses 13 here in First Peter chapter one. We saw there First Peter chapter one, we're going to read from verses 13. Let's read together this morning. Therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear, for you know that it is that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so faith and hope are in God. That's verse 22, and it's finished there. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, Love one another deeply. Some version says fervently. I think that's a better word there. Fervently from the heart. So far may God bless the reading of his precious word. Now the title of the message here this morning is Live Your Face Out Loud. I want to say this to each one of us. Your life is powerful. Do you accept that? Do you realize that? Your life is powerful. But you've got to live it out. You've got to live out that power. Your life means more than you know. Your family, neighbors, friends, co-workers need to witness your faith in action. Now more than ever before, people need to see and hear the power of God demonstrated in your life. Did you hear that? Not, I'm not saying all. Oh, I can include all of us, but I want, to, I want us to first of all think about ourselves to be demonstrated in your life. That is why we are studying this written, this letter written to address this very issue of translating our faith into action. That's what Peter said to these believers here. Translate your faith into action. The first half of 1 Peter tells us about the blessings that we have received in Christ. The second half of 1 Peter tells us how to translate the gospel, the good news into the lives of others so that we live it and not just believe it. That's what First Peter is all about here and he speaks to those believers who wanted to give up because of everything that they were experiencing, all the challenges. But uh, we are focusing on champions in a hostile world and here we are this morning. Champions are ready to step up and take action. Verse 13 there. It's, champions are ready to step up and take action. It's, it says, therefore prepare your minds for action. 
Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace given to you. Champions are ready to step up and take action. Are you stepping up this morning? Are you taking action? God's purpose requires action. It does not sit. Your purpose, when I think of God's purpose for you, it does not sit still and wait, but rather God's, in God's purpose you've got to be involved and making a difference wherever you go. The issue is never our circumstances. That's what Peter was trying to say to those believers. It is always our response to those circumstances. When the serpent came to tempt Eve, can you remember that? The text says Adam was with her. Genesis 3 verse, 5, 3, verse 6b. Adam was with her. In Hebrew, with implies that he was standing right there. My goodness, Adam was standing right there and he didn't stop the serpent. How do you like that? Manna, men, how could we do that? Eh? He was standing right there. <laughs> and he didn't do anything and he left it and then he tasted the fruit as well. He should have done something. He should have stood up for his wife at that moment. Eh? He was standing right there. Often the great temptation for us is not to do evil. It is to sit back and do nothing when we should do something. Isn't it true? And I remain, I remain in autopilot. Isn't it true? Autopilot means I'm doing nothing. I see it, but I'm doing nothing about it. How can life be like that? If life is like that, then something is not right. Eh? Isn't it true? And I want to challenge us here this morning as Peter challenged those believers. Get in step with what God is doing. Get in step with what he is doing. If you don't get in step with what God is doing, what is going to happen to you? Learn to see yourself as the powerful culture shaper. Did you hear that? That you were created to be. And embrace the authority that the Lord has given you to advance his kingdom. Yeah, man, sir. The needs you see around you are often a personal invitation for you to step into a destiny-defining moment. When last have you and I stepped into a destiny-defining moment? We are called to Arise and shine today. God uses every circumstance to propel or to launch you into a dest destiny-defining moment. I pray that you and I will make use of that. That's why champions are ready to step up and experience a destiny-defining moment. You see, brothers and sisters, you can't. In God's kingdom. You are important in God's kingdom. You have an assignment and a call on your life. And even in apparent oblivion. When nobody notices you. You can still rise and shine. And be a visible expression of Christ. Are you a visible expression of him here today? Be mentally prepared. That's what Peter says. You want to prepare yourself, prepare yourself up here first, you know, mentally. 
And then it will flow down, eh? Be mentally prepared for action. Peter uses the picture here of a man who was wearing a long robe. In those days, they used to wear long robes, eh? Long robe to get ready to run, to get ready to, 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 to move and, and to take action. And, uh, and he gathers his robes, tucks it in, and he's ready for action. Are you ready for action this morning? Together. Are you getting ready to make a difference? We are called to always be mentally, I say it again, prepared for action. Always ready for opportunities to serve God and others. Always ready for ministry. First Corinthians 10, 12 to 13 says we need to be ready even for temptation. First Peter 5 verse 8 says we need to be ready to, for attacks from the enemy. The Christian life is a war. We need to always be ready, ready. For opportunities and attacks. How do you like that? There will always be an attack. The enemy is never happy, but we need to be ready for that. And how do we get ready when our lives are centered on the Lord? We are, when our lives are focused on Him and being faithful to Him. And when, it, when whatever happens, it's amazing how the Lord enables us to go or get through whatever it is we are dealing with. But secondly, here this morning, champions are fully alert and self-controlled. In that verse there, did you see that? It's, uh, verse 13 reads, therefore prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Yeah, did you hear that? Champions are fully alert and self-controlled. Yeah, now I have to, when I think of self-control, yeah, I have to now use this. Now, I have never experienced that, but I'm going to express it the way, in a way that I have experienced this. The abuse of alcohol to many is a, depress, a, 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 a depressant to our bodies. And, or should I say an antidepressant? Eh? Some of the visible symptoms in someone Who's under the influence of what? What do you think? Slurred speech. I've been with people like that already. Loss of coordination. Falling. Loss of inhibitions. Passing out. I'm just mentioning a few. All of these and others are side effects. That's the result of our brain cells not communicating at a normal rate. Now, some of you have experienced that. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> now, I cannot explain this because I haven't ex personally experienced that. I've never, you know, that's, uh, um, I thank the Lord for that. But then also I thank the Lord that the Lord has rescued those who have been in that situation. Nothing good can come from this. Isn't that true? Nothing good can come from this at all. Why do we say that, that nothing good can come from this? Because I'm not, con I'm not living a self-controlled life. Now, that is why I want to ask you this morning, is there any area of your life that is out of control? Is there any area this morning? Perhaps it is in the area of moral issues, 
Maybe it's in the area of relationships, in attitudes, in habits, in addictions. Maybe it's in the area even of finance this morning, where there's no self-control. Or maybe it's just gone beyond what you ever thought possible. I want to say this here this morning, when the Spirit of the Lord has control of our thoughts and our actions, we will be able to think before we act. And, and, and we will have the willingness and strength to follow God's will for our lives. To claim Christ as Savior and le- then live as we please. So many people say, now that I'm a child of the Lord, I can live as I please, you know, as the way I want to. But to, to, to claim that you are, you know, Christ is your Savior and you, you live as you please, you are mocking God. And it will result in a painful future of reaping eventually what you have sown. Without self-control, you will be mastered by your moods, mastered by your desires, which wildly swing back and forth. God gave you emotions, but you cannot be mastered by them. Isn't it true? I'm speaking to myself here as well. Not only to you. This means doing the right thing even when you do not feel like it. Even when you don't feel like it, you still do the right thing. That's what we call self-control. Your careless words and reactions need to be under control all the time. Let it not be careless and do not react in ways that are ungodly. It is, the, the, it is also, when I think of Savagor, it is the ability to stay calm and focused in difficult situations. The situation is beyond me. I don't know how. I can't go. You know, I want to say something, but if I say something now, it is going to be the wrong, wrong moment and the wrong thing to say. I want to react. I've got to stay calm and do the right thing. It's almost like when we think of self-control, it's like Peter was saying, get out of your own way and allow the Lord to take control. It's not your own way that will work, only God's way. But then thirdly, uh, champions are divinely set apart. Everybody's still with me uh, this morning, which is 14 to 16. We are divinely set apart in every arena of our lives. Our thoughts, we are supposed to be. That's what holiness is all about. Be holy as I am holy, the Lord says. You know, holy, there's a difference between holiness and happiness. You see, there's a lot of things I'm happy about and I will do that. But holiness is beyond that. Holiness is it's much bigger than that. And many people say, well, I'm not happy with this, so I'm not going to do that. And yet I've got to do it. But because I'm not happy, I refuse to do it. You are disobedient to the Lord. That's not living a holy life. I'm, 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 I'm touching on that now. But when I think of living a holy life, our thoughts, our private lives, our public lives, our speech, our motives are all set apart to God. And that's what holiness really means. I'm living a set-apart life. I'm living apart from those, away from those things that are destructive to me, and so forth. 
Our whole beings, our whole minds, our whole hearts, our actions, our possessions that the Lord has put on loan to us, they are all supposed to be set apart to God so that He could fulfill His purposes with us. Holiness is a different life, brothers and sisters. It's a life that stands out. Now people say, you know, when people talk about holiness, they think, oh, man, it's boring to live a holy life because then I have to do without everything. That's what the young people are saying. It's not about that. It's a life that is divinely set apart. Your life has been set apart for God's purposes. That's what holiness is all about. And when your life has been set apart by Him, what happens? What happens? He begins to work on you and in you in a way that only he can. I'm thinking of when you look at people, many times people are so gifted. I think of athletes, sportsmen. You know, you look at them and you, can, you know immediately that person has been divinely set apart for that. It's true. But here in the, in the Christian arena, it's so much more involved. Everything about us was supposed to be set apart. When I drive, <laughs> I'm a man or a woman set apart for God's divine purposes. And when, and when Brother Timothy suddenly goes through a red robot, I still need to realize that when I, when I drive, I'm a man or a woman set apart for God's divine purposes at that moment. When I get to work, at that moment, I'm a man or a woman set apart for God's divine purposes. When I hang out with my friends, I'm a man or a woman set apart for God's divine purposes. You, you see what holiness is all about? When I post something on, online, I'm a man or a woman set apart for God's divine purposes. And you know, when, when it comes to the holiness, I say to the Lord, Lord, I set apart my mind for you today. I set apart my passions for you today. I set apart my eyes, my ears, my tongue, in other words, my speech, my attitude. I set it apart, Father. I set it apart today. I set it apart for you and for your purposes. Another word for holiness is the word wholeness. See that word there? Wholeness. Wholeness from the inside out. Are you whole this morning from the inside out? That's what we're talking about when we talk about holiness. And we need to, I want us to understand this concept of holiness here this morning. It's about wholeness. I'm whole. I'm a whole person. Wholeness is the integration of all the parts of myself with all the parts of my story in a way that does not contradict who I am in Christ. Doesn't contradict. It is our willingness to present, to, uh, to be present rather, and <laughs> willingness to be present to all of the pieces of our lives, all of the pieces of our story thus far. Can you see how deep it goes? Holiness. 
often we take those broken places or those broken parts of our story and we push them to the sideline. That's not holiness. That's not wholeness. You understand that? Push them to the sideline. And you know what happened? It gets passed down into our relationships. It gets passed down into every circumstance and situation I find myself in. It gets passed down. And we don't want that. Isn't it true? It gets passed down. And it ends up beyond where we they need to go. If I am not dealing with my brokenness, I am actually creating brokenness for you. I want to say this. If I'm not dealing with my brokenness, I'm creating brokenness for others. I'm creating brokenness for others. And uh, when we think about holiness, with my wholeness, I am creating wholeness and healing for others. Where do you need healing this morning? Wholeness and healing for others. Wholeness is about us helping others in their own healing journey. Are you there this morning? Are we still with me? I hope I haven't lost you now. (laughs) Jesus cares about every fiber of who you are. That's why I asked the man who was an invalid in John chapter 5 for 38 years, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed, in other words? I want to say this about Jesus. He longs to heal our fractured souls. We walk around a mere shell of who God intends us to be if we refuse to come to the one who can bind up our brokenness. And you know, in a, with a holy life, I said, Lord, I want to live a whole. I want to live a life that is whole, that is not shattered and broken. I want to be whole in you. And if we refuse to be made whole, we eventually get so comfortable in our mess. Isn't it true? And in some shape, form, or fashion, we establish an identity around our pain, around our victimhood even around our bitterness. But he wants to touch the wounded places in your soul today. All those issues, he wants to touch that this morning. He wants you to be whole in him. Wholeness and freedom is not a passive engagement. We must bring our pain, our shame, and hurt to the Lord in order to live a holy life, in order to be whole. Now, you didn't think that we would get to that here this morning, eh? But that is what holiness is all about, eh? Whatever it is, he's ready. He's ready to make you and I whole this morning. But then, fourthly, champions display a healthy reverence and respect from verses 17 to 21, it speaks about fear, the fear, fear of the Lord. Are you living a reverent life this morning? When we talk about rever- a, life, a reverent life, I'm not talking about Reverend Allen. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about a reverent life, a life, you know, who has the greatest and deepest respect for God. 
That is to live with deep respect for God. That's what it's all about, reverence. That's the fear that Peter was talking about here. This is what the Bible means by the fear of the Lord. Deep respect because he is God. He is a good and just father. He is almighty. He is sovereign. He is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-present. He is available to us. He will not hesitate to correct us when, they, when we need it. Every moment, brothers and sisters, recognize that he is watching every detail of your life. And one day, you will have to face him. Because that verse, those verses speak about the Lord as our judge as well. Live your life in deep respect for him. Everybody is going to be judged fully and, impar uh, and impartially based on what they did and why they did it one day. Eh? Nobody is getting away with injustice. The fear Peter is talking about here is not the kind of fear a slave has for his master <laughs> who knows that if they fail, if they mess up, they pay the price maybe even, even with their lives. But rather it is the fear of a child who holds the position of their father in such high regard that they want to do everything they can to bring honor to his name. Is that how you're living this morning? You want to bring honor to his name. You are dealing with one who cannot, you cannot, not... Uh, not who cannot, but you are dealing with one you cannot fool. He knows everything about you. Realize that you have been redeemed. And we think, if we go to verse 18 there, you have been redeemed, not with the world's currency, silver or gold, but with the most unique means of exchange, the gift of his precious blood. You have been redeemed with that. And trust him and say, Lord, I give my all, my everything to you. When last have you reverenced him? When last have you honored the Lord in your life? But then lastly and finally, champions live with an eternal perspective. It speaks about love there. There in those verses, from verses 22 to 26, about the love that we have, should have for one another and so forth. And I want to say this, Christian love has no limits. Do you limit who you love this morning? You cannot. It's not Christian love then. We cannot limit who we love. Or do you limit how much you love some people? You know, that's how we, that's how we do things, eh? Now Peter is saying to them, go even further and love one another to the max. Love one another to the max. Give all you are to that person, not part of you. I'm not talking about, you know, when I talk about love, I'm talking about your wisdom. I'm talking about your, the, you know, who you are in Christ. Don't hold back and, 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 and not love someone unconditionally. The word deeply there, or fervently as I said, means to stretch the limits. 
of loving others? Have you stretched the limits of how you love others? Love will make you do. Uh, believe me, this is the truth. All of you young guys, it's the truth. Love will make you do what you had not planned to do. As a divari, mana, only the men I'm not going to, I can't refer to. But love will make you do what you had not planned to do. Love will lift you into a higher realm than you have ever loved. Love will make you become what you have never been before. That's love. Never been before. Your actions and what you do under pressure speak volumes. Your words followed by your actions will become an example if you love others. It will become an example to them. Do people see the power and presence of the Lord in your life today? Let the evidence of your face in Jesus shine bright for all to see. Let it ring out loud and clear. And I'm almost through. Isaiah 60 verse 1. You should know that verse. What does it say? Arise, shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Unwavering faith can move mountains. Unwavering faith can outlive, outdo, outdistance, and outlast whatever you and I are facing right now. We live in a day and age where people want God without rules, without responsibilities, without obligations. They want Christianity without commitment. They want the benefits of Christ and salvation without the cost of obedience and sacrifice. <laughs> and uh, that's what David said in Samuel. He said, I will, I will not offer the Lord a sacrifice that cost me nothing. How about you and I here this morning? You are not a passive victim of your circumstances. I want to say this to you. You're not a passive victim of your circumstances. Life is too short to be wasted. It is too important to be underutilized. It's probably in your notes there. Do not just pass through life. Make your mark in the quicksand, if I could put it in those words. In the quicksand of time. What we do here affects eternity. We need to live with an eternal perspective in everything we do as believers. So I challenge you this morning, make an impact. Be a blessing to your generation. Touch lives for God's glory. Close with this question. Do you want to make an impression? Or do you want to make an impact today? The answer is yours. Do you want to make an impression? Or do you want to make an impact? This morning, let's be champions in Christ. Are you a champion this morning? Okay? Live out your face out loud. Take action. Honor the Lord. Be faithful to Him. Be committed to Him. Give your all to Him. May the Lord bless you this morning. May the Lord encourage you this morning to go out there 
and be a blessing to someone. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for these moments here in your presence. Won't you bless us, Lord? Won't you take hold of whatever we are facing right now? Won't you use us, Lord, to make an impact wherever we go? Let us take action, Lord. Let us not sit back, but let us step up and take action for you. Be involved in your work. Serve you and love you. Be a blessing to others and encouragement to someone. Use us, Lord, for your glory today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.